Hello and welcome to the first ever Brother Rice Game Day podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Reedy, and um, join here with fellow crew members, Eddie Berry and Ben Colasa, as uh, we're going to be testing a new experiment out this first ever podcast, and uh, we're hoping to share our knowledge. Uh, I'm the basketball manager for Brother Rice for all four years, so I've been to uh, every game this year, and Eddie Berry and Ben Colasa have been covering games for the past four years, so we're going to give this a shot for our first run-through. Uh, first topic on the list is key games over the course of the season. Uh, the first game I want to talk about is the Joliet West game. It was our first loss of the season, and we didn't really... We started off 3-0 in the Thanksgiving holiday tournament at Joliet West, and then championship game, we got our first real competition against top team in the state, and we fell short by 12 points, and... Josh Nego started off one for nine, and that really killed us. Yeah, Brandon, uh, especially at the beginning of the year, you always want to get a good start. And that loss, I think, even though it was tough, it really sparked the Crusaders for the run they had in the middle of the year. Yeah, Joliet West is a very good team. I believe they uh, went downstate, Brandon, last year, correct? Yeah, they went downstate, and uh, they fell short in the semifinals. But Joliet West is a very, very good team. They always have been since they've... Uh, branched off from Joliet Central, and uh, that was a tough loss, but that really got the Crusaders going. That was their fir- first true test on the year, and that really sparked their uh, their recent surge. I think it really shows, too, what type of like temperament Coach Frazier brings to the team, because probably a couple of years ago, the team, they suffered a big loss. They might continue it over for a couple games, so with Coach Frazier, they just forgot about it right away and got a couple wins the next few games. Yeah, Coach Frazier, he's been a huge addition to the team, and uh, that was one of our few losses early on in the season until we played OPRF later. That's Talk about that game, too, another key game for us, and uh, I hate to be a downer, but that's another loss that we had, so it was another big key game, and uh, OPRF, we only, Brother Rice is known for a three-point machine. We hit a ton of threes all the time. Actually, a few years ago, we had the state record for most threes in the season, and against OPRF, we only made one three, and turns out we only lost by three points, so... We go back in time, I'm sure a uh, lot could change. So what are you guys' thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot could change if we went back in time. Mike Shapsky really started to turn it on from that point out in the season, right around Christmas, Christmas break. Mike Shapsky really turned in. Not returned. He returned to being the elite three-point shooter he is. Josh Nego really turned it on. We also started to see a nice production off the bench from the junior, Josh Boulanger. Oh, yeah, especially Boulanger. Not a lot of people, I don't think, saw him being as big of an impact as he was this year. He came in the middle of the year and started doing the dirty work that a lot of people don't see a lot, but Coach Frazier saw it, and he's been playing mostly starting ever since. Yeah, don't let it size fool you. I mean, Ben, you called it a few games ago, I believe, on Brother Race TV, saying you called him the French freak when he blocked uh, Maris player off the glass, and he's truly been getting it done on the boards and on the defensive end of the ball, too. Yeah, Boulanger, he only stands at about 6'3", maybe 145 pounds, if I'm being generous yeah, that's, right that, now. that's very generous. <laughs> uh, but uh, Boulanger, he's going to outwork you, and he might not be the tallest guy on the court, but he's going to play like it. His freakishly large wingspan really makes him the elite shot blocker he is, and he gets it done on the inside. He gets scrappy with the bigger men, especially Justin Brown for Marist. He really was one of the reasons we beat Marist late down the, right, late down the stretch. Out-rebounding Justin Brown, who is 6'8", I believe, right? Yeah, 6'8", right and he's very skilled around the basket, too. Yeah, but uh, Boulanger, he's just 
it's really evolved in front of our eyes this year, if I'm being honest. I really did not see him coming this far from last year watching him as a sophomore. Yeah, I think you talk about his confidence, too, in that Maris game. It was tied 65-65, and that was when Josh found him underneath the basket for an one layup that fouled out Justin Brown, too. So, yeah, talk about that, but his confidence has been really oh. high. Oh, yeah, and I talk to Josh all the time, and uh, he always wants that big moment. He wants it, and, I mean, it was a great feed by Josh. And he got run off and forgets who threw him in the pass, but they both, everyone on that team played a great game. That's why we were able to upset Maris. But uh, another thing about Boulanger is that uh, we talked about his athleticism. But uh, we, uh, he threw down the dunk earlier in the season, and that's something probably Rice fans haven't seen in a long time and haven't grown accustomed to seeing. And then uh, we fast forward a little bit throughout the season, and uh, the winter tournament came along, the York tournament. We uh, The past two years, uh, we were in the Luther North Holiday Tournament. That kind of less prestigious, but then uh, we got back into the Jack Tosh Holiday York Tournament, and they chose it. They, they, Excuse me, Brother Rice found out that they really did belong there, not as Luther North. Uh, they won the first game against Sandberg, and it was a low-scoring defensive battle, but that was actually the first game Shepsey kind of emerged back because he got into a slow slump. So I know you guys followed Shepsey, and Disobedo said it was because of the shoes. What do you get? Uh, Eddie, what do you think? You know, I think a lot of players believe in superstitions, and if the shoes did it for them, then that's great. But I think it was great for him, too, because... Uh, it was right at the beginning of conference play, and if you could play a couple more talented teams than you usually do and get on a roll, that's probably why you carried it over, too. I mean, we all know Shevsky is an extremely talented basketball player. He may think it's the shoes. He may want everyone to think it's the shoes, but I just think his shot was a little off, and he finally got it corrected. Showed us why he's a Brother Rice's all-time three-point leader, and Mike Shevsky really just he emerged from the shadows out of nowhere. He was averaging maybe, Brennan, what, eight points a game yeah. up until that point in the year, and now he's up for all-city candidacy, according to Mike O'Brien from the Sun-Times, and uh, he's averaging nearly 16 a game now. Yeah, 15.8, I believe, and the once you punch, I always talk about this. Whenever someone brings up Brother Ace basketball, Josh Nagel, Mike Shevsky, whenever we play another team, I see them as the best two players on the court at all times, and that really helps our confidence out and other players like Jack O'Connor getting them wide open looks. Yeah, I think a lot of role players always need to step up for teams, and with the success Brother Rice has had, of course you look at Mike and Josh, but yeah, Jack O'Connor, Brennan Coglin, just been stepping up. I think Jack O'Connor might be one of the most underrated players in the league, uh, all CCL honorable mention, and we've just seen him time and time again, even a couple of those few games where Josh and Mike might be struggling. He could throw him the ball, and he'll hit that open shot. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about Brennan Coglin a bit. Brennan Coglin is an extremely streaky scorer, just like Mike Shevsky. He's maybe not as good of a three-point shooter, but Brennan Coglin is the most athletic kid on the court. We saw him last night against Tilly Park. His head was up near the rim on a layup he converted, but Brennan Coglin, he's not going to shoot the ball if he has another guy open. He's the most unselfish player on the court with the Crusaders, and I think you guys can stand by that statement. Yeah, you talk about Brennan Coglin. He is also the fastest player on the court. He ran track and cross country his freshman year, and uh, Coach Wazio comes up to me all the time and says, oh, why are you stealing our players? We could have went down state, blah, 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 all that stuff. But I'm like, he's a great asset to our team and uh, someone to keep your eye on for next year who can really take over a game. During the York tournament after the Sandberg game we were just talking about, uh, we played Conan. Conan went down state last year as well. Another big test for our Crusader team. 
And it was our and it was the second game that went off. We scored thirty two points in the first quarter, but uh, yet again we fell short, losing by nine, I believe. Right, guys? Yeah, seventy two sixty three ended up being the final score. Yeah, it was a it was a close one. It's a lot closer than what the score says. Back and forth. Uh, they were led by Jimmy Sotos, who's playing Division One basketball, and they have a big six six four or two that could really shoot the ball and get it in the paint. And it kind of caught up to us, their size and their shooting ability. That, that wraps up the York tournament. Then a uh, few turning points I like to point out throughout the game is uh, actually the first game of the season. We played Plainfield South, and we dropped 82 points, beating them 82 to 28. That really just kind of got our feet running. And uh, I know Josh Nego wanted to start the season off with a bang. Great leader for the Crusader team. And uh, they're not, what a better way to start off a season winning 82 to 28. Yeah, I don't think Brother Ice is being the team by that much for the rest of the year, but definitely gets the confidence up when you're doubling your team score, almost tripling it, too. Yeah, they uh, they actually fell two points shy of the record for biggest margin of victory. And then uh, the next game is probably the best game we've seen all year, the Maris game at home. That atmosphere was crazy, and uh, we always talk about Mike Shevsky's shot, but all the stuff that happened in between, like that layup, that those free throws and some things that I like to point out is uh, we could have done it without the Crusader Crazies too in all regards. So uh, Ben, what's your take on that game? I mean, I honestly, personally, in my opinion, that was that will be one of my highlights from coming to Brother Rice High School. That was there's no atmosphere I've ever been in like that. I commentated that game actually, and I have never shown more emotion on the air. And I think everyone who's listened to that game can can agree with that. But uh, that was really the Crusaders' big statement win, taking down the undefeated Red Hawks. That really established the Crusaders as a threat this year. Yeah, I think when you look at it too, people forget they were down five points with fifty seconds to go. <laughs> I mean, Mike Shepsey comes down and hits a three-pointer from the volleyball. <laughs> comes down with three seconds to go, and it's the game tire. So, I mean, just talk about what he's done, what everyone else did. That was just probably one of the best games, probably the best game all year so far. Yeah, another play, another highlight play this year is from Josh Nico. In that, in that game, I think it was like the second or third quarter, someone throws an inbound, inbounds pass. Spins off the defender, pulls up two feet behind the three-point line, just knocks one down, just continues to amaze me. And uh, with a game like that, I remember everyone was going crazy. The fans were going crazy. You know, but I probably watched that shot about 20 times when I got home. I couldn't sleep that night. I was so excited. And uh, uh, what was I saying? Uh, after the after the game, uh, they left the scoreboard on for two straight days, and they had to turn it off because of a mass day. So it was going to be up there for a long time. And... Uh, that was also be one of the highlights of my career here at Brother Rice. Uh, the next game was uh, the Leo game, of course. So uh, winning the CCL tur- uh, CCL championship for the first time in 12 years outright since actually Coach Bobby Frazier was on the team, and I know cutting down the nets was something special. The team had got a share, and uh, for those of you who know, Tim Mankey's been helping out with the basketball team for many years, even past his high school career. First time he's ever cut down the nets, so. I know that's something special I'll always keep in my heart. And uh, Ben, what's your take on the Leo game? Uh, I mean, it was a real scrappy game down the stretch. You could see Leo's frustration as technically they were playing at home on alumni night. Yeah, that was I don't know why they'd want to play at Rice on 
as their home game. But I, I don't know if the Lions thought they were limiting the number of Crusader Crazies who got in. But I think that was probably our second biggest crowd of the year. But uh, it was just really something special. I don't think any of us saw a Brother Rice basketball team winning a CCL championship in their four years at Brother Rice right now. Coach Frazier has just done such an excellent job turning this program around from what we were used to for the two years before him. And he's really bringing Brother Rice back to where it was with Coach Pat Richardson. And then we move to the CCL tourney. Uh, we played St. Lawrence in the second round after we beat Marmion. Marmion was a gritty game. We kind of took them for granted. Uh, they were a lot bigger than we were. They wanted it a lot more than us, too. They're, they only had four wins on the year, but they played like a better team than that. Uh, two words I like to describe the CCL tournament was bad shooting. I mean, you can blame it on a lot of things, but that was just my take on it. Uh, like I said, pretty game. They were bigger, on, uh, bigger than us. But we still grinded out a win, winning by 12 points. And then we played St. Lawrence the next round, and we beat them earlier in the season. They, they really wanted us out for vengeance, I tell you that much. And... Story all year, Mike Shepsey, clutch shots, and he came through. We stole that game. It was We were down three points with, like, 20 seconds left after they missed a free throw, something we saw earlier in the year. Let Mike Shepsey come in, pull up for a deep three-pointer, knocks it down, go into overtime. This is uh, when I thought we got the nail in the coffin. We were down, I think, five points with a minute left, and uh, it was the – Kind of a dagger. They hit a dagger, deep three, and Shepsey comes down, hits the three from the volleyball line, like you were saying, Eddie, and then uh, the next possession, we foul Christian Ferrer, their hottest player on the court of that game. He had like 23, I believe, sinks the free throw, and then but misses the second, and then there's only five seconds left, and we take it down, hit it. Shepsey pulls up for three, game winner. It was just awesome, incredible. I can, I still can't believe how he did that. Yeah, Brennan, I think you're underestimating how big of a shot that was. Mike Shevsky pulled up from the parking lot. He was <laughs> two feet past half court, maybe, and that's just count one of the countless big shots Mike Shevsky's hit this year. If we're from home games I've seen this year, Mike Shevsky has hit seven three pointers at the buzzer, I believe, and. I don't know if there's any other kid in the state who's done that this year. <laughs> he double clutched on that shot, too. I mean, it wasn't easy. Double coverage, double clutch, just sank it. I was right there for him. He was running to the locker. We had to all catch up to him. We were still in the court. Everyone who was there. And if you're Lawrence, too, you just got to be hating basketball. <laughs> you come, they come into Rice's gym, get blown out pretty bad. <laughs> and then, of course, when they're... They got Brother Rice on their heels. Mike Shevsky comes up and it's another buzzer beater again. Yeah, it's killer. But hey, got to love Lawrence's basketball program. They got two Rice coaches there. They've really turned the program around, Coach Wilson and Coach Sexton. And then uh, something I like to see is the other day uh, they let their basketball manager suit up. It's <laughs> something I would have liked to see uh, during my four years. Uh, must have been a great experience for him. Um, moving along, though, now. Uh, after the Lawrence game, we had a tough test against St. Joe's. Uh, Coach Gene Pingatori uh, just had his 1,000th career win against St. Rita in that tournament. And they had all the momentum, winning seven games straight. People really are underestimating that team. They got a lot of solid players. Uh, it was a, probably the best defensive team Rice has played all year long. And uh, we left a lot of second-chance points, and that really to- told us the story throughout that game. Uh, we had... Three shots with 20 seconds left. Uh, 
tie the game up, down by two, and we missed all three. It was one of the few times we saw Mike Shevsky and Josh Nigo fail to come up in the clutch for us. Eddie, what's your take? I think they were in a tough spot there. I mean, I think you were talking about it. Even with the third and fourth place game, that was their fourth game in six days. And when you're the CCL regular season champs, every team in that league is gunning to get you. So it's tough to underestimate teams, but every other team is coming at you with everything they got. And after St. Joe's game, they had a third place game. This is right after the state tournament seats came out. So like you said, four games in six days, it's a lot. And... They need to get some fresh legs under them, but Loyola's a good team. They're the four seed in their sectional, actually, and uh, it was just another bad shooting night for the Crusaders. Uh, Josh Nigo had a good game. Blake Shevsky had a good game despite not hitting their shots, but it wasn't enough. Uh, they had a big guy down there really controlling the paint. A lot of second-chance points again, and Crusaders ended up coming in fourth place in the CCL tournament, which is not the ideal finish they wanted, but... Kind of nice to get those losses out of the way, those close games, before the state playoff happens, rather than early on in the regional semifinals and in the regional championship game. Ben, you have anything to say about the CCL turning before we wrap this up? Uh, I think especially why the Crusaders came up short after the undefeated regular season and conference play was it was fatigue. I mean, Crusaders have been playing two or three games a week, and then they played four games in six days in the tourney, and... You can also have to add in probably over-the-hour bus ride up to Loyola for that third-place game. and I'm sure Coach Fraser was trying out a lot of different things as well, getting ready for state playoffs, and I just think the fatigue was the reason we lost that game and came forth in the CCL tournament. Yeah, it was a true road game too as well, Eddie. Do you have any, any takes on that game? No, all right. We'll move along, and right after the, the Tinley Park game, uh, that was actually yesterday. Well, we're, filming, we're recording this on Wednesday, so it was yesterday, and uh, it was a game to kind of gain the momentum back after a two-game losing streak, something the first time we've saw it all year. Uh, it was a key game to get back on track. And last year, uh, Josh Nigo's junior year, he scored 30 points against this team. But uh, this year, Mike Shepsey was the big storyline, passing Alex Majewski for second all-time scoring. Uh, do you have anything to say about that Tinley Park game? It was just a great game to see. I think I could talk for me and you, especially being seniors. It's great to see a lot of guys who don't play as much get a lot of time, like guys like Griffin Leslie coming in, getting the bucket, the Ben brothers coming in. Just great to see. But, yeah, Mike Shepsky, we talk about him, just a great player he's been for four years. I remember his freshman year, Coach Harrigan brought him up for a couple games. Even played in that Maris game his freshman year. It's just great to see what progress he's made. He goes from not playing that much as a freshman in the varsity game versus Maris to him the game-winning shot his senior (laughs) year. So just a great all-around player. Yeah, we can talk about Mike Shevsky's greatness as much as we want, but I think the big storyline against Timmy Park was Jack O'Connor coming in, hitting all, nearly all of his threes, 17 points from the field, hitting three-pointers from all over the place. And that is really what the Crusaders have lacked all year was a consistent third-scoring option aside Mike Shevsky and Josh Nego. And I really think Jack O'Connor stepped up in a big way against Timmy Park, and I think that's a real good sign for Coach Bobby Frazier and the Crusaders heading into the state playoffs. Yeah, we really need to solidify that third scoring option with uh, Mike Shevsky and Josh Nigo. I personally think best one-two punch in the state. But if Jack O'Connor or Josh Boulanger step up, score 10 points, 12 points in each contest, uh, I don't see many teams that could compete with that. And uh, talking about these third scoring options, let's talk about some underrated players. You talked about Brendan Coughlin earlier. Another one I like to talk about is Matt Fitzpatrick. He's another junior. 
has some games he plays a lot of minutes, some games he doesn't. Plays great defense. Uh, he can shoot the three ball really well, and has really really streaky shooter. A few games uh, he dropped double figures, and that's something to look out for. Uh, but I know uh, you know a lot about Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I watched Matt Fitzpatrick take on my San Francisco Cardinals a few times, and his uh, most holy redeemer Raiders. They would kill us every time with their three point shooting, and that's also. Uh, Ryan Kellogg as well, another junior on the team, but Matt Fitzpatrick really stood out growing up. But even now, he dropped 15 points a few days ago on five three-pointers. I mean, the kid could shoot the ball from all over the place, and I really, really think he's going to be big for the Crusaders next year. But he's going to be an X-factor in the playoffs as well because not a lot of teams have tape on him. Yeah, right. And uh, another two, another one player, let's take this one at a time, Tyler Houston, transferred from Seton, kind of had to get his – Feet wet with the new playbook and motion offense with Coach Frazier. But uh, he's really one of the underdog stories this year. I mean, comes in not knowing what he, what to expect and ends up being like third and fourth in most categories offensively and defensively behind Mike Shevsky and Josh Nigo off the bench. Uh, he's third most in steals, uh, third most in assists, I think fourth in rebounding. And... Uh, Really a spark plug off the bench. I mean, Eddie, I mean, you're a senior. What can you tell us about Tyler? I think it's great to have spark players off the bench. And when he comes in, he's really good at moving the ball, like you were saying, third on the team and assist. That's what you need because when guys like Mike and Josh need a break, you need a guy who can come in on your second unit and get that group going. And Tyler does that really well. People also forget Tyler Houston. All CCL as a junior at Seton before uh, Seton closed down. But he walked in here, didn't really know what to expect. He's really adjusted to Coach Frazier's offense very nicely. He's, he's really, he uses his speed well, and his, he's a great ball handler and really reminds me, I've said it before, but of Rajon Rondo, he's very shifty. He's crafty with how he dishes the ball out to his teammates. And he's really adjusted well, and I really see him making a big impact in the playoffs. He's really come on as of late on the offensive side of the ball, hitting his jump shots, scoring on the inside, drawing fouls. Yeah, Ben, I was just about to say, he said another game, uh, remind you of a vintage Rajon Rondo, and I really like the drive and dish game. Big fan. Do a few pick and rolls, have him cut to the basket, dish it out to your shooters. Mushevsky, Josh Nigo, Jack O'Connor. I mean, name anyone on Brother Rice that can shoot the rock from all over the place. And, uh, Hopefully we see more of Tyler in the playoffs because he'll match up well against these athletic guards. We'll see. And uh, our last player to look out for for the playoffs is Sheldon Ben. Really come along as of late, and he's a big guy, 6'5". Uh, good offensive rebounder and someone to keep your eye on. Uh, ben, what do you have to say about Sheldon? Sheldon played minimal minutes last night, but he made a big impact while he was in there. I think there was three possessions in a row. He got three offensive rebounds, and he also followed up with two defensive rebounds, I believe. So in a span of maybe two minutes, he had about five rebounds. He put in a couple baskets. That's a big rebounder we need off the bench for the playoffs, and I really think he will be that guy. And hopefully he can develop to being a better shot blocker. Pair him with Josh Boulanger against these bigger interior uh, players in the postseason. I really think he will be a big key off the bench. And uh, we talked about Coach Frazier a little bit earlier on. This is his uh, second season as head coach. He took over for Rick Harrigan. He did have the best best uh, seasons here at Brother Rice, but uh, Frazier comes in, really changes the, the, the tempo, the mood around. 
first season back, no one's really expecting Rice to do anything. They lose more players than they're bringing in, so that's not always a good thing. But uh, they end up winning 19 games last year, which is kind of a bright spot for the Brother Rice basketball program and kind of foreshadowing what was happening this year. What do you guys have to say about Coach Bobby Frazier? I think he does a lot what Coach Richardson did, and that is you might not have the best talent, but you work well with what you got, and that's especially what Bobby's been doing well. Uh, Coach Fraser, he's really been a godsend for Brother Rice. He's rejuvenated the program. He's taken what he's learned from his dad, who was a coach at Eisenhower, Coach Richardson, and Coach Roy Williams, his uh, coach while he was at North Carolina. And I just see this program booming until Coach Fraser decides to go to the college level, which I think he will eventually. Yeah, the thing I like most about Coach Frazier is he's a player's coach. Uh, always puts himself out there. He always puts scenarios when he was at North Carolina or when he was at Rice. He always tells the players, like, uh, like it's not always about the flashiness or the stuff. He said that one of the funny stories I like about coaches, after his first uh, – one of his first games at North Carolina, he dropped, like, 14 assists. And then in the hallways after the next day, he saw legendary coach Dean Smith. He's like – Hey, what are you doing? You need two hands on those passes, not those one-handed passes. So that's always something I like to share with, that he likes to share with all of his players. And uh, the last thing I like to talk about, Coach Frazier, is the connections, bringing in Danny Green and Tyler Hansborough to talk to the team. And that could provide a great spark for the team chemistry and show what it means to be in the NBA and what it takes to get there. So what are your thoughts on his connections, Eddie? I think it's good. The more guys you bring in with more experience, the better. And how many high school kids can say that they could go to NBA players and a coach who won a national championship for advice? Coach Frazier being very good friends with Tyler Hansbro. He's going to be there for these guys if they ever want to talk to him. I'm sure Coach Frazier can get them to him. But Coach Frazier's connections expand past his teammates' friends. Goes to the college level as well as he worked at UAB as the head of video uh, video or head of basketball operations, excuse me, he's a video guy at North Carolina, but he has connections all over the country, which I think they'll be big for bringing in kids eventually, recruiting wise here at Brother Rice. And our last thing we're going to talk about today is the state playoffs. Uh, the seeds came out last week, and the bracket came out the day after. Rice got the number two seed right before that St. Joe's loss, which was huge. They won't see Simeon until the sectional championship if they make it that far. And if Simeon makes it that far. But uh, the way Rice is looking at right now is that they'll be playing the winner of Revis and Oklahoma, and I believe Revis is the favorite to win that game. And then uh, Homeworth lost when we played Crete Moni, and we actually saw Crete Moni earlier in the year in the Thanksgiving tournament. We won by seven points. And uh, it was a big test. Dwayne Rose is on the team, Derek Rose's nephew. So it would be great to see a rematch of them. Uh, I feel very confident playing that team, but you play all if you HF wins are a very athletic team. Uh, it's been up and down in the Michael Bryan Super 25 rankings, uh, mainly because of injuries and all the other things that happen with that program. But uh, what's your take on HF and Creek, guys? You know those schools are always going to produce a lot of athletes. We've seen them all play football. And, I mean, they played us tightly in uh, basketball earlier this year. I really think both of those teams can be a big test for us, but I think our streaky three-point shooting can lead us over them. And uh, on the other side of the bracket are neighbors on Pulaski. Maris is going to be going up against the winner of Lansing or TF South and uh, Argo. So they'll probably see TF South, but I think Maris should win that game. But 
a team everyone's sleeping on on that side of the board, uh, bracket is TF North. Uh, I think they're one of the. I think they could take on Simeon and Maris or anyone in this sectional, and uh, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the state and or in the city as well. But uh, everyone kind of overlooks them because they don't have the toughest schedule. So I'm curious to see how they pan out in their sectional and uh, on their side of the sectional and see if maybe they can uh, prove to that prove the other teams in the sectional how good of a team they are. Obviously, Simeon and Maris are the favorites to come out on that side, so they'll be in the sectional in the semifinals. That's my prediction. I'm sure that's your guys' prediction as too. Yeah. Yeah, I think Simeon is going to take that side of the sectional. I mean, when... According to Michael Bryan, they have four guys up for all city right now. And uh, one who stands out, especially for me, is a junior, Kizo Brown. Kizo Brown has been averaging about 16 points a game this year and with about five, five rebounds. But he's been hot as of late. He put up 26 in the city championship game at Chicago State versus Morgan Park. And I really think that's what he needed to get going again. But they also have Taylor Horton Tucker, who's been putting up 15, six rebounds, then three assists, two steals. So they have... Guys can do it all for Simeon. You know Simeon's going to be a good team. But can we see some sparks like we've seen before versus the Wolverines for the Crusaders? Yeah, we see with Simeon last year, a lot of fans know that's who Brother Ice ended their season with last year. So hopefully Brother Ice makes that for, I know, Josh and Mike especially. They'll be ready, hopefully, to get some revenge on them. But I think especially, too, everyone's kind of happy that they won't have to go through both Simeon and Maris to make it far because I know everyone was worried about that side of the bracket and how where Brother Rice would end up if they had to play them both or just play one. So playing one, it works out perfect for them. Yeah, I would not like to see Maris again. It's hard to beat a team twice, especially after the way we won that game in overtime. They'd be, they have our heads on their list right now and uh, come out and get us. But uh, you talk about Simeon. I remember last year how we ended our season against them. We were actually leading at halftime 21-17 and remember looking on Twitter and Michael Bryan put out a tweet, Brother Rice leading Simeon 21-17, and then it's dot, dot, dot. Yes, you read that correctly. So it's just proving uh, how how big of an underdog we were. But I feel like this year we saw him, it might be reminiscent of the time we played that back in 05 with Coach Bobby Frazier on the court. Really tightly contested game. Uh, might not have the size differential going our way, but uh, we got a lot of players that can shoot the rock pretty well. Yeah, I think if there's any team that could do it, it would be this team because, like everyone said, this team, they're blowing away every expectation. Being Simeon would just be another expectation that they could beat. And great teams, great teams that have to beat those other powerhouse teams like Simeon, like Maris, as we did earlier in the year. On the other side of the Rice's section was Thornton and Bloom, two teams uh, Rice knows pretty well. Bloom actually, a few years ago, back in 2000, Coach Green team, Coach Green's team played them in the uh, the sectional cha- super sectional championship game, and uh, they lost in a controversial tip in at the buzzer, and they actually replayed the game on the ESPN replay game, and they ended up winning the second time around. But of course, it doesn't fix what happened in the past, and uh, those teams are both very athletic. And if Rice plays them, I think uh, they match up pretty well with their their shooting and their defense, but. Uh, from there on out, you never know what could happen. We'll probably see either one of Simeon or Maris later in the state championship, and maybe we'll end up seeing uh, Illinois commit, uh, one of the Illinois commit on uh, East St. Louis in the super sectional. That'll wrap it up for 
our first Brother Rice Game Day podcast. Uh, I'm Brennan Reed, along with my partners Eddie Berry and Ben Colossa. Thanks for listening. <laughs>